Welcome to the Smut Hive. This is your trusty spoiler alert. This is our deep dive into our favorite romance books. We'll be spoiling all the good stuff. If you don't want to know yet, come back after you finish the book. And because we care, here's a little warning. We're going to be talking about sensitive topics that might be upsetting to some. Explicit language, sexual situations, such as questionable consent, abuse, and assault. Just a blanket statement of all the triggers. Hello, everybody. We are on episode five. This week, we are doing the Mount Trilogy. The Mount Trilogy is, of course, three books by Megan March. Uh, first book is Ruthless King. Second book is Defiant Queen. And the third book is Sinful Empire. Man, the cover art. Whew! Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's very simplistic and sexy. The first book, obviously, is about the king, the man. So it's just a straight man. Just and a the straight, hot, shots. headless man. Mm. I love these. Second one is about the queen. So it's a sexy woman, which I think she might have ginger hair. I peeped that on the cover, by the way. You can't see her face. But she is a ginger. And then the third one is Simple Empire. It is encompasses both of them. So they're both on the cover. Again, hot. Just want to give a heads up that the first book is free on Amazon. Yeah. So that's great because you can get started with the series on that. Yeah. And then the actual audiobooks because I do love my audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, these stories are really great because they are told from two points of view. So you do get two separate actors in the audiobook. So you have your, you know, your main male character and then you have your female character. And I think that they do a really good job. So in all three books in the series, the audiobook was really great. Um, but I think we need to talk just a little bit about the author, mm-hmm. Megan March, because I absolutely fucking adore her. One of my favorites. She is amazing. Like she is living the absolute life that I think every like aspiring author wants to live. Um, because she did quit like the corporate job. I think she was a lawyer. She's done a couple other things, but, um, she was a lawyer and she quit, you know, the corporate world just to write smut. And then when we talk about these book covers, it's because we're kind of obsessed with like the hotness that's on the mm-hmm. front of these covers. This chick actually goes and marries a book model that she falls in love with. Yeah. And so they're like newlyweds and she has a great social media presence and she is an independent author. So, I mean, this is all on her. And so she's got many series, but this was absolutely one of our favorite series yeah. when we started talking about it and talking about this podcast and like what we kind of wanted to share with our followers and stuff, like what books we really, really absolutely love. And this was the absolute top of the list. Top in general, not just Megan March, best of Megan March, the best. This is one of my favorite series in general of every book, every series I've read. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. And this book can be categorized in a couple different ways. So it is what we consider a dark romance. Um, I actually believe that the author herself has entitled them the anti-hero series. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so you're, you know, it kind of falls into those tropes where you've got the bully romance, the captive romance, the mafia romance. But um, I assure you, there's not really a book like this with the kind of circumstances that are set around this character that are written the way that Megan writes these yeah. books. They're absolutely amazing. So if you have not read them, we have, of course, already disclosed to you, we are going to spoil all of the goodness. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it definitely is something I feel like it's worth the read. And like Morgan said, the first one is free on Kendall there's no reason why you shouldn't go and purchase that and get into the series it's well worth it and i know it's considered like an anti-hero you're i guess what that means if you don't know is you're not really set up to like him up front like you don't like him you don't like him and you start liking him and then you're like oh i I need you (laughs) like i need you in my life i personally never didn't like Mount. Oh, Lachlan Mount. I mean, Lachlan. since this is the I first know. time we're speaking his name, oh, it deserves its full justice. Honestly, this I can't. This book series is about Lachlan, Lachlan Mount. Mount. And I never didn't like him, not for a single second. Immediately yeah. I was like, I'm in love with you. Like, yeah. obsessed with Well, him. that can get us right into our scores. We have yeah. to do our dick scores. Yeah. So give me your overall dick score for the Mount Trilogy. Overall, nine out of ten. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I would say my dick score for the guy, Lachlan Mount, is a ten out of ten. And now I'm not going to say that often because there's usually something that I absolutely don't like, and so I always knock off at least one dick. Dick. (laughs) But full on ten out of ten dicks for him. The girl, her name is Kira. I'm going to say seven, almost an eight. She rarely annoyed me. I mean, she annoyed me, though, so that's why she doesn't have, like, a nine and above. But I, you know what? I'm going to give her an eight. I'm going to give her an eight. Uh, The plot, maybe an eight out of ten. A little unrealistic for me, but also it kept my interest. Is that it? Oh, oh, (laughs) 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Liked your sex, did ya? Oh, yeah. It was hot. I can't. Yeah. I'm going to do the same. I'm literally going to put 10 out of 10 all the way down. Mm -hmm. I really am. Because these are books that I have read numerous times. They're one of my go-to series of books that I will reread over and over whenever I feel like this certain kind of feeling. And that's what the author has done for us in here. So um, we'll, we'll explain it to you. So essentially, you have your heroine of the book, and her name is Kira Kilgore. Um, and you open up to find out that she is a very busy lady. She runs a, her family's distillery in New Orleans. Um, and the books are set up to make New Orleans, like not just a touristy type of you know location that you think of whenever you're thinking of New Orleans, but it's actually where these people live. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just, I, I can't even imagine, like I read these books and I feel like I'm sitting in the middle of this grand distillery and these, you know, tourist attractions are around, but at the end of the day, I'm running my business. Mm-hmm. So you really get this like very good sense of your female character that she's very strong. She's very strong willed. She's got a business. She's got a goal. She's got determination. She's independent. She's very independent and she's sassy. And you're kind of like, oh, I can, I definitely like can relate to you. And then all of a sudden you realize she has like this dead husband. Mm -hmm. 
who apparently she was only married to for like two months and she was getting ready to divorce him because he was cheating on her and it wasn't what she thought it was going to be. And so she's just kind of going about her day and you're learning these things about her and she walks into her office and there's somebody else in her office. And this is where we meet Lachlan Mount, which I do appreciate that we just meet him right away. Like right. there's no bullshitting no. around. There None. is this amazingly like hot, ridiculously powerful man that's sitting in your office in, in the your dark. Chair, in the in dark. The dark in your desk and he's basically telling you right off the bat like listen your dead husband owes me like a million dollars and i'm about to take it out on your ass like you either pay me a million dollars or you fuck me anytime i want absolutely willingly yep. until i say we're done right done done like first couple chapters yep. done we know exactly what this book is about there's no games None. it's just this is what i want your husband owed me money do you have it he knows damn well that she does not because right. he's already pulled all of her financial information he knows everything about her and she's like i don't have it so like what can i do for you and he's like i mean you can be mine yeah you i want you so that's where it starts like off the bat up front no games bam this is why i like mount yeah because i don't like games like i like that he knows what he wants he goes for what he wants he's powerful he's hot he fucking knows it yes uh well, you know yeah and what we haven't explained though yet is that mount is like the main mafia right. kingpin of New Orleans. Right. Runs everything. Runs everything. Like nothing happens without him knowing. He was the one that came to her and was able to let her know, like, listen, I know you owe the bank X amount of dollars. I know you owe this. I know you can't make your payroll. I know you can't pay me back. So instead of me taking your family's legacy from you, which you're determined to run, mm -hmm. like you fuck me and well, or right. Deals that's off. Like, right. that's all there is to it. And so, like, I think she's not only very taken aback by, first of all, this fucker is dead and I didn't love him. It was right. a big scam. I accidentally kind of married him. And then, boom, you expect me to pay his debts? Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. They, and Megan March, too, she does a really good job of kind of like setting up the vibe of like who Lachlan Mount is right. Like, yes, he's powerful. Yes. He's rich, but she goes into very like precise detail, like the horrible rumors about him. Like you see him, you turn the other way, like no one speaks his name. So like up front, immediately you think she should be terrified of him. And I think she is, but she's also like, he's hot. Yeah. But like, I don't want to, I don't want to think he's hot because I mean, he looks like he's going to kill me, but also be on my body. Right. And right. then at the same time, her woman crazy rears its head like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. You can't make me do something I don't want to do. And he basically tells her like, well, I think you've got five days to figure it out. Like right. you've got five days to either pay me X amount of dollars at your piece of shit, you know, yeah. you know, dead husband owes me or you give me up, you know, give up that ass yep. and you've got five days to figure it out. So within those five days, she actually runs to her best friend. So we find out that, you know, Kira is a lifer of New Orleans. So she has like a friend, a best friend that she's had since grade school. Her name is Magnolia. And Magnolia actually, to be honest with you, I believe is kind of a shitty friend, but Magnolia is like a madam escort hooker. But you don't know whatever. she's a pretty, sh uh, you don't know she's a shitty friend up front. 
Right. I mean, she's kind of who Kira runs to and is like, listen, this man named Lachlan Mao is telling me this that I've got to do and blah, blah, blah. And her friend's like, yeah, you're going to have to do that shit because there's no way we can pay him off. And he is incredibly powerful. Like nothing And scary and dangerous. And and kills people. And his ex-mistresses are like gone. You never see them again. Like they disappeared and... All, you know, like Morgan said earlier, all these rumors about all these things that he's done or been responsible for that have happened that are horrible. So she runs to her best friend for comfort and it's kind of getting like, you're just going to have to do it. Right. And, you know, sorry, but you're going to have to work your way through it. It's nothing to like, you know, fuck a dude, but at least he's a hot dude. Right. And you can do that. But Magnolia at least gives her one piece of advice that I absolutely love. And it's one of those like, you know, phrases that you get in book series that stand out for you. And for me, it's Magnolia tells Kira, like, listen, you need to be careful because he will make your head go to war with your body. Right. It's the truth. It is the truth. I love it. Yep. It sets up the rest of the book. It does. And it honestly is, I feel like, a keynote in the entire book because it keeps coming back up over and over again. She struggles. Yeah. Because, you know, kind of instantly she's thrown into a situation where he's basically like, okay, your five days are up and now you're mine. So let's just touch a little bit on during those five days where she's going back and forth in her mind, like, am I going to do this? Can I really do Mm -hmm. this? Like, is it really worth it? Is there any other way out of it? All these things, these questions she's asking, she keeps finding like in her office, in her apartment, on her car pictures of her loved ones Mm -hmm. pictures of her family like her parents have retired to a golf course in florida there's like instantly a picture of them from like yesterday there's a picture of her magnolia there's a picture of her staff like she keeps finding pictures and it's mount's way of letting her know like your countdown is on right if you want to save these people and he puts a countdown on the picture like day you have like this is day three like better hurry up yeah So she decides like at her last like, you know, few minutes or whatever, because he has delivered to her apartment um, like a sexy dress, sexy lingerie, expensive shoes. Like she's supposed to put it on and present herself at a certain time. So his bodyguard picks her up and she's affectionately started to call his bodyguard Scar because Mm -hmm. this man like has a a scar, but he doesn't like speak ever. And he just simply like puts a a hood over her head and puts her in the car. Like she's not allowed to know where she's going. Mm -hmm. He just picks her up and carries her places and just deposits her. But she decided before she, you know, gets presented to Mount for the first time that she's going to find a way to like give him kind of a fuck you. Right. So she doesn't wear the dress. She wears the shoes. Uh, that's yeah, it, just the it? shoes and the, coat. and the coat. Um, but before that too, she goes to a tattoo artist, and she's like, "I want a tattoo on my back or my butt that says, essentially, I'm the property of no man." And the girl does talk her out of it, which I do like. By the way, I like that tattoo artist. Right. Uh, so she gets the tattoo, but she gets it done in henna, so it can be washed off. Or come off later right on. Right above her ass, right? Yeah, right above her ass. Uh, so she goes, she, you know, has the tattoo, she puts the trench coat on, naked underneath, with her shoes, goes out to the car, Mr. Scar, sir, puts the hood over her head and then takes her to Mount. She has obviously no idea where she's going. And he drops her off, removes the hood, and she's just in a room. Like he's Mount is not there. She doesn't know what's going on. So she decides, you know what? Here we fucking go. I bet there's cameras. Yep. So she whips off the trench coat, 
naked, turns around so he can see the tattoo and flicks him off. Get it, Ginger. What? I was like, yes, sassy, feisty. I love this character. Like, I loved her up front from the beginning. Like, no man is going to tell me what to do. I am my own person. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, I understand I'm going to have to give you right. my body to do this. Right. But however, you know what, motherfucker? Fuck right. you. And I'm not going to like it. I'm I mean, not going to like it. I'm going to like it. But, like, I'm yeah, not going to like, gonna it. like <laughs> it. Like, I'm determined not to like it. Like, you're a dick. Mm-hmm. So that's when I think we kind of flash over to his point of view for one of the first few times Which in I love. the book. Yes. I love that there are point of views from both characters. It's my favorite way that romance books are written. Right. Because you get to know what they're thinking at yeah. the time instead of just seeing it from one point of view. Yep. So Mao is kind of in the middle of like a conference call meeting and he sees his on his security cameras like, you know, Kira walks in and she drops her robe or drops her coat and like, you know, he sees the tattoo and he like ends his calls and suddenly like appears in the library. Like, so I guess the way that it's kind of described as the book goes on is just that he lives in like this, you know, a lap just a labyrinth of rooms, underground hidden compartments, yeah. all this stuff in like this big mansion in the, you know, the big central touristy areas of New Orleans. So like nobody comes on his property, but yet he's fully secured all the time. He has security staff, there's cameras everywhere. But and he like slips in through like a library, like a bookcase and a library mm-hmm. to pop up on her naked ass and was just like, listen, like you're going to no fuck you. Like you're right. going to fuck me. It's going to be amazing and you're going to be willing. And that's all there is to it. So you need to get this henna off your body the next time I see you. And he like dismisses her. And I do like, by the way, and I will know that he says he's going to fuck her. But he never actually does it until she verbally says like, yes, I want this. Right. There's no, like, forced anything. Right. I mean, like, I feel like mentally, as you're reading it, you're like, oh, he's, like, telling her this is what's up. But he does not ever. No, he doesn't touch her. He doesn't touch her. He doesn't force himself on her until she says it's okay. Right. Which is not yet. Right. Which is not yet. Yeah. But I just want to make note that that's. It is consensual. You know, yes, yes. It's consensual. There's no gray line no. when it gets to it. I know that we read some funky oh, reviews God. Yep. that we might talk about later, but some of the funky reviews, people were just like, it's about rape. I'm like, no, no, there was no part of that that was no. not consensual. Like, words were physically right. spoken. Yep. Yeah, so I don't have any issues yeah. with that. But yeah, that's the type of, like, control that Mount wants her to know that he has, like, from the get-go. Yeah. And, you know, she thinks at that point, like, she's going to be able to go home. And he essentially, like, gets Scar to come in and hood her and take her right back to, like, a room in his, you know, big swanky mansion or whatever. And she's basically, like, allotted one outfit. She wakes up in the morning and there's, like, notes and stuff that tells her, like, you've got an hour to get ready. Yeah. And, like, she's given one, you know, item of clothes. If you want to go to work today, you mind my rules. But what Mount starts to introduce into their daily relationship is black boxes yeah these black boxes (laughs) i call them fun boxes morgan disagrees with me um but boxes of joy nonetheless right i guess they're boxes of joy i don't know about boxes of joy well the first one especially it's just a vibrator i mean yeah Yeah. it is but i mean 
so they start off like fairly like just a vibrator yeah which he has yeah. a remote for right which he has a remote for and then sends her off to work and he <laughs> makes her wear it like if you take it out I'm oh, gonna, no. I'll know, and I'm gonna punish you. She doesn't know what that means. We don't know as readers what that means. I mean, I essentially was like, it's gonna be hot. Right. I don't know what it is, but uh, so she puts it in. She hates it, but she does it. And I think at this point, she's starting to realize, like, this is what I think I've always needed and like wanted, but never been felt comfortable enough to ask with her douchebag ex. Right. Because she hates it, but she's loving it. Especially like, obviously when he turns it on, she's not like fighting it. She's like, okay, here we go. Well, but well, she does like call him a sadistic oh, bastard like all fucking yeah. day. Because he'll wait till she's in like a meeting. Yeah. And then the vibrator will go off like yeah. on high and shit. And she's like, motherfucker. And he doesn't give her the best outfits like sheer bras right. so that she knows when the vibrator's going off like nipples are poking right. out. And she's in a business meeting. Like she calls him all kinds of names. Tells him she hates him all the right. time. He's a sadistic fucker. Eventually he's like, if you fucking say that to me one more time, I'm going to like spank your ass and you're no, not gonna like it he went right into i will fuck your ass oh yeah yeah okay. that was his thing he yep. held on over her yeah because he was like has anyone been back here and she's like yep no, no no and no one's ever gonna be back there so you need to fuck right on off with that bullshit he's like and he was like listen no i'm letting you know now like i will fuck this right. ass like i will have all of you right. and i will have your ass and so if you don't do what I tell you to, like, or if you don't shut the fuck up or stop yeah. sassing, like, I'm going to bend you over your desk and yep. I'm just going to fuck you in your ass. And enter, like, well, hey. enter more black boxes. Yes. Or alien yes. trainers. Yes. So this, this book, uh, he likes to gift her butt plugs yep. and then makes her wear them everywhere. All the time. He even had to help put one in yeah because she just couldn't do it because she was like no i can't do this but i feel like he was kind of sweet about it he was and so he turned her on right he did it so i kind of i think at that point for me like he is powerful and dangerous but also like you may have a little bit of a sweet side you know, yeah. I think that, I mean, he was de- definitely respectful. Like yeah. he was telling her what she was going yeah. to do, but he was absolutely judging like what he knew she was yep. comfortable for. And like, he could tell what she's always wanted. Right. And like what her body was craving yep. because he was like, huh, cause I'm touching you here. And you know, you're like, obviously very excited about it. Yeah. So just let me help you with this type of situation. But then again, like he's made her come like a billion yeah. times through like the vibrating yep. vibrator or just like, you know, touching her and all these types yeah. of things. And so, but she continues to be like, fine, whatever. Like, I just want to get to work or I want to get to my meeting. So put the fucking plug in, let's get this over with. And so like, she does the things that he eventually wants to do. She does sass. She does fight a little bit, which we see that he finds very amusing. Yeah. And so he's not really the, being the monster that no. we thought he would be the first time she sassed right off to him. Well, he likes it because no does. one has ever done that. No one ever yeah. talks back to him. Everyone always follows his instructions. And she's the first person that's really like pushed back to him in regards to honestly everything really. Right. Not just sex, like everything. Yeah. And it's just an extended amount of foreplay. Yeah. 
Like, because he's basically letting her know, like, I'm going to fuck you, but you're going to know when Mm -hmm. I'm going to fuck you. So she thinks at every moment he's going to just force himself on her, but he doesn't. He just continues to keep giving her pleasure and keep getting her worked up and stuff. And then, I don't know, it's been like a day or two or a couple days or whatever. And then he's like, listen, we're going to have dinner. And she comes out of the shower and there's like, you know, a barely there dress Mm -hmm. waiting for her to be put on. And she goes finally and she sits at the table and they're bantering. And that's something that's really great about this book because you get all of your sexual charge. You get all of your caring about these characters based on their banter. Yeah. And you can tell who they really are as people. The author did such an amazing Mm -hmm. job of establishing these characters because there are a couple side characters, but you don't really give a damn because your focus is on when are these two going to fuck? Are they going to fuck? Is it going to be consensual? Is it not going to be consensual? Is it really about a debt? Is he going to fall in love with her? Like the author sparks your interest so early on. That's why you keep reading. That's exactly why you keep reading. Yep. So they have, well, I think they eat like the first course, right? Maybe the first two perhaps. Uh, And then she says something smart. And he turns on the vibrator. And he turns on the vibrator. And then one thing leads to another. And they bang it out on the table. And it's hot and sexy and aggressive. And then she realizes he didn't use a condom. Right. And she gets real pissed. Right. And that's also for him the first time that he hasn't. He was so worked up in the moment that he kind of like forgot his head. And as you've been reading this book, you realize that he is not a distracted human being. Like he needs to be on point at every moment, every moment of every day. Right. And this is, I think for him, the first time that he kind of like lost his head a little bit. And he is shocked that this is happening. Yeah. That he made such a mistake, not a mistake in fucking her, but a mistake of not wearing a condom. Right. Yeah. And this is where we kind of want to touch base on the consent, the con, you know, the consent again, because in some of the reviews that we read that were bad reviews, like I really took offense to people saying, Oh, this is nothing but glorified rape because that's absolute bullshit. And that's unfair to Megan March as an author, because literally in the moment when these two are just going head to head with each other, sass and mouth and hate and disdain and whatever, Mm -hmm. she actually walks up to this man and says, fuck me already before I slit your motherfucking throat. Like that's pretty much where they are. Like she doesn't care who he is. All she knows is that she wants him to touch her and she wants whatever is about to happen between them. And it does on a kitchen table. He's like, he's like, fucking thank God. Like finally. finally. Yeah. So he was waiting for her consent the entire time. So yes, he is a crime Lord. Yes. He is essentially a murderer or whatever, but he was not in any way, shape or form ever going to, you know, rape her or put her in situations. He knew that they had attraction from the beginning and he knew that this is what was going to happen. But Kira was disappointed in herself that she did let herself go that free and that she did not even think for herself to be like, whoa, condom it up, homie, before you stick it in. Like, seriously. Um, So I do think that, you know, they did, of course, fight. And he was like, well, fuck you. You were on me, too. And she's like, well, fuck you. So they, you know, retreat to their rooms. And then, you know, they kind of think about what they did the night before. And essentially, because it's both points of view, you're getting the same thing. They shouldn't want this yep. for different reasons. She shouldn't want him because he's a criminal. He shouldn't want her because she's an innocent and mm-hmm. she's a debt and that's all she's ever going to be. But my God, the sex was amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, oh, and he yeah. can't have weakness in his life. Ever. And as the book progresses, you realize that this isn't about a debt at all. Like he legitimately cares about her and it starts to show and just like little things, which we're not going to go into detail. We want you guys to read the book, but he does, I think, turn a corner and actually becomes, in my opinion, like he's not an anti-hero anymore. Like he is a caring individual. She gets hurt. He cares about her. He cares for her. I mean, in general, like, I just think that he, it's when he realizes bit. that she becomes a weakness, I think he's scared at first, but he's like, no, like, I'm the king. I knew it. She's going to be my queen. I know it. I know this is where this is going. I'm going to embrace that thought. Yeah. And so, like, there's cliffhangers between, like, book one and two yeah. and two and three. Um, again, all of these books are out, so it's not really a cliffhanger. You just pick up the next fucking book. So I don't know what all these whiners that yeah. have like these horrible reviews on Amazon. They're like, oh, it's a cliffhanger. Fuck you. You knew from the right. get-go it was a trilogy. Right. But whatevs. Um, so, I mean, there's a couple things that happen. Like, I'm not going to really go into like the cliffhanger from book one. But then, but that's what we're talking about where he kind of, where you start to see that he changes because she kind of finds that she's in a little bit of trouble and what he does is he drops everything and comes to her rescue and takes care of her problems. And so problems she didn't even know that she had, but now, you know, now that they're there. So Mm -hmm. she does have to take that into consideration because as she's trying to hate him, like she's, she's one of those people that like come in the room and like, as she's undressing to like, no, she's about to have incredible night worth of sex. She's like, Oh, this motherfucker. But Hey, this motherfucker, (laughs) you know, at the same time. So you know, she's starting to put her guard down as well. And she's starting to talk to him about things and realizing like he runs a business. Yes, it's a criminal empire, but it's a fucking business. Yeah. He's able to talk to her on a level of her business. So she's respecting him. He's starting to respect her. Magic is starting to happen. Right. It is. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we do need to take a little bit of a short break so that all the money people can get paid in the ways that they like to get paid. So we shall return in just a minute. Welcome back, guys. So I'm just going to pop right up into the year. So he takes her on a trip, doesn't tell her where they're going and like his private jet. Yeah. And then after some coaxing, I guess she figures out that he's taking her to Dublin. Now, because she is in the whiskey business, she and she's her family is from there. She's always wanted to go, but could never afford it. It's like a dream of hers. And when she finds out that he is doing this for her, she's super grateful. And she's actually really nice about it. And she, like, thanks him. I think this is a good turning point in the relationship. Because I feel like now she's realizing that he is doing things for her. Right. And there's also, like, a... A conference that's going on yeah. like a big deal in like the wiki or your whiskey yeah whiskey, you know liquor type business and that this is something she's wanted to submit her you know particular brands for her company to but she hasn't been able to like afford it and he's got her registered like with late entry and there's like times that they're just able to hang out by themselves and then there's times that 
she's networking and he just kind of stands in the background and like is that dominating like protective force but he still lets her be like boss lady and do her business which i loved um and she loved too and so like you can see as they go on like how their dynamics have changed and she actually is starting to initiate the sex between them now and she's calling him lachlan instead of mount and they just have an amazing time in Mm -hmm. ireland and you can really tell like how the relationship changes at that point yeah yeah he like takes her to do like touristy things he's been there so he like doesn't need to do that but he knows that it's important to her and something that she really wants to do so he sets all of these things up and takes her on these tours and i think she's just i think she's shocked that this is like who he is but also I think she's excited too because I think she's starting to realize that he might actually have feelings for her. Right. And they're yeah. acting like a normal couple. Yeah. Like he, I mean, they make kind of a statements of like, you know, you're not Mount here, you're Lachlan. Yeah. And so he gets a chance to like not have to have the stress of his like, you know, everyday like crime mm-hmm. world, impending doom around every five minutes and you know all that kind of stuff and so he's getting to just kind of be her man and support her and she is loving it and their relationship completely changes in dublin but as all things do it has to end and they have to go home to new orleans i do want to note too that in this book in particular there is a lot of flashback uh for mount um so the flashbacks go back to his childhood and his time and like the foster care system and what life was like. And it really kind of builds a picture in regards to who he is and why he is who he is and how he became who he is. So I think you get a really good understanding, honestly, from where he comes from. So I kind of liked that because He's supposed to be like this mysterious, powerful, like man. But with these flashbacks, you kind of start to understand like why he is who he, he yeah. 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 And it, you know, it shows you like, you know, once he was accepted into like this crime world and, you know, he worked his way up like everybody else does, but then he found that like his boss was a creeper. And so like he had to take his boss out and that's how he actually became in power But again, it makes him more human. Like, Mm -hmm. so you're seeing him be human and falling in love essentially with Kira in their time away. And the respect that they've kind of gained for each other is that, you know, they both are like very serious about their business and their brand. But then at the same time, like they're very protective about who they love and, you know, that kind of thing. And so they've now it's definitely gotten to the point where it's no longer a debt. Like it's not even doesn't even need to be talked about. It doesn't even need to be brought up. She's more to him yeah. than just a debt, and he's more to her than just her nightmare. Yeah, yep. So the relationship, I think, has made a turn, and they get back from Dublin, they get back to New Orleans, and they're driving home, and someone shoots at their car. Yeah, like an ambush. Yeah, an ambush. ambush. Yep. So... <laughs> She gets, they're both bleeding. Neither really know what's going on. They don't know if they were shot or if it was like something from the car accident. But I think at this very moment, 
she realizes she's in love with him and cannot live without him. And he realizes the same thing. And then it's like, bam, cliffhanger. We don't know what's happening. And yeah so cliffhanger you yeah, so it's like like mounts people show yeah. up and like he's screaming at his people like take care of her take care of her so you know <clears throat> you know trusted scar scar is taking kira i mean again she's bleeding i think there's like maybe a head injury type of thing yeah um mount is screaming at scar like you know her you know your life for hers kind of a thing and then she's watching mount like collapse into his other security people and you know, she's like, no, 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 you save him. Like he's more important. And, you know, what ends up happening is that you really do see how they just kind of an insta love, but it's a believable insta love for what they've gone through and their banter and how they get along and how they interact. And now here's where they are. And, you know, you get into then the third book and Kira wakes up and, you know, none of them have life-threatening injuries or anything like Mm -hmm. that, but he had been in surgery and, he was kind of unconscious next to her. And so while he's unconscious, she's like looking over him and questioning everyone that comes in the room. And then she needs to take care of her own business. She needs to let people know like she's okay and all this kind of stuff. And he then wakes up and, you know, they've decided at that point, like it almost doesn't even need to be said. Like at this point on, I'm yours and you're mine. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. loved it. I loved every part about it. Yeah. I liked uh, that he... I mean, obviously he put her before him. Yeah. It's made very clear in the book that he refused treatment until she got treatment first. She wakes up. She's in a panic because he's not around. I mean, obviously, eventually he comes back and they're in this room together. And at this point, they kind of decide this is it. No more secrets. He's essentially like, okay, ask me the questions you want to ask me. We're together now. This is it. I'll answer the questions that you have. Right. So she asks, I'm not going to get too in detail, but she does ask a couple of questions. She gets the answers that she wants. And as readers, I think we're kind of starting to realize that, yes, he is powerful. And yes, he is dangerous. And yes, he kills people. But the people that he kills... There's like a reason. It's more of like a justice thing. Exactly. So he's not. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not just out like randomly killing. There's always a reason for doing what he does. Right. Uh, and you do start learning that and like the answers that he gives her. But then she asks a question in regards to her best friend. Now. We've talked about Magnolia before a little bit ago and how I personally liked her at first. Right. But through a couple of things and a couple situations that we're going to make you read the book to figure out, she is not who she seems. The things that she has said have been lies. And so now Kira's best friend that relationship is crumbling while her relationship with Mount is building. Right. I was not happy with the whole Magnolia situation. It like ruined the best, best friend vibe for me. I like a series that has a good best friend. And then most of them, they continue to be that throughout the whole series. Right. This put a bit of, 
a spin on things, I feel like. Yeah. I would have a really hard time with the not going into the kind of elaborate details of what Magnolia did, because we do want you to have, you know, a reason to read the book. But there are some unforgivable things. Now, Kira eventually does somewhat, I would say, forgive. I don't think that she will ever forget type of situation, but they're good. But that kind of leads into some more things as Mm -hmm. well for Kira that don't turn out all that great. But one of the things that happened kind of like when they have decided that they're together and they leave the hospital, he marries her. He just has yeah. like a judge and, uh, you know, in, in their rooms and he just marries her and she doesn't question it and they do it. And he wants to let her know, like, I'm here to protect you. And then he goes to war. Like he literally locks her down, doesn't let her mm-hmm. go to work, lets her do everything remotely, but keeps her in his compound. And then he goes out and he goes to war and he apparently like just fucks New Orleans. Oh, up. Yeah. Whoever he doesn't know who came after them. No, he doesn't know. Is it like a rival, you know, drug dealer? Is it someone that he's recently like in the cartels that he's had bad business with? Because there's a couple things that Mount does Mm -hmm. when Mount doesn't have his wits about him when he's trying to fight the idea that he's in love with her. Um, Then he might do a couple of things or whatever, but he doesn't know who's coming at them and who tried to kill them. And so he just fucks up everybody. And it's days. It's days and days and days of no contact with him knowing he married her and then just left her in his room. And then he just shows up and she's like, what the fuck? But then at the same time, like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're okay. You're my husband. I've read the news. I've seen all the damage you've done in my name. I just want you home. Are you home? Also let's like finish out this marriage night. Oh yeah. They never did that because they got married and he left. So she's like, all right, you're home. I'm glad you're alive. Please have sex with me. All the time. Immediately, right now. Like, right this second. All night. All night. Yeah. I mean, important stuff. We right. We'll talk about later. Right. Like, you've, you're currently in the room right now. You're technically my right. husband. You're not dead. You don't have any bullet holes. You look in right. good condition. Why are you still close? Yeah. 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 So that gets done. So that they, you know consummate mm-hmm. the old marriage night yes but life doesn't go automatically back to normal no. like she knows that there's nothing that's going to change about her work and she knows there's nothing that's going to change about his work and they've not even really talked about his work like she just knows it is what it is and he's there's going to be things he's never going to be able to tell her and she's fine with that in order to have what she's found with him not only sexually but emotionally like she's willing to not give a fuck because yeah. she knows deep down he's a good man and whatever it is that he's doing, he's doing to bad people. Right. And she can live with it. Yep. And I have to respect that. Like, there are a lot of people that are just like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, is it really about? No. Like, I feel like Kira's kind of ahead of the curve on this. Yeah. Because she's accepted something because she's had thought yeah. into it. She's had thought into it. She's like, these are the things that I can live with. I'm good. I have this man. Right. Yep. Who else do you, Kira Kilgore? That's right. You go, bitch. That's right. I love oh, her. Me too. She's great. So sassy. Like, even when they love each other, yeah. the words are spoken, they're married, they're fucking, like, extra bunnies. Like, it's all a great, big, you know, tub of yeah. fun. She never once loses her sass. And he oh. never once loses his dominance. And no. that's why the author created amazing characters. Agreed. Amazing characters. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't just end there. There, yeah. Well, Morgan and I talked about it, and we agreed that we're not going to spoil, like, the biggest part of yep. book three and what everything kind of fits into because 
Megan March does such an amazing job of linking everything together and the twists and the turns, you don't see it coming yeah. at the end. Yeah. You think you might know, but you don't know. But essentially Kira and Magnolia get kidnapped. Yeah. And the person that wants to do harm to them and the reason why they want to do that harm all has to do with mouth. Yeah. But you don't know who it is. And when you find out who it is, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I don't want to spoil that, even though we did disclose already that we're cool with spoilers and explaining everything in detail. I just feel like, Megan, you deserve your credits. Yeah. Because, damn, yeah. it was great. It it's was. Great. So, so now, you're going to have to read it. You're going to have to find it. out. And it's worth it. It is. So. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well. I mean, again. Megan March, we love you. We love this series. Yes. We love everything about it. We want to tell all of you guys, but we know we've given you enough information to go out and get them. We've told you the first book is free. Once you're introduced to Lachlan Mount, like you're going to want to continue yes. to read about him and it's absolutely worth it. Yep. But for next week, we're actually going to do another trilogy that is Morgan's favorite. It is my favorite. Um, It is called the... Well, there's three. Um, yeah. In the trilogy. Yeah. There's... But the author has continued on. Yeah. So there's technically, I think, like maybe five, but we're only doing the, the first three. So it's called the Fixed on You series. It is... Laurel and Page. Yes, Laurel and Page. She is... Well, I do love her, but this series is one of my favorites. So I'm pretty stoked about it. I've read it numerous times, and every time I read it, I always have different feelings about it. So, look at our social media pages for updates on that. And don't forget to follow us on Spotify, guys. And all of the other places, too, but... Yeah, they're like Instagram, Facebook, it's yeah. all the Smut Hive. Yeah. Um, Spotify is the Smut Hive. You know, click all the buttons, yeah. do all the things. We definitely need the support. Any comments, we'd absolutely appreciate. If there's any recommendations that you guys have, if there's any books you want us to read, absolutely just let us know. Drop yes. us a line. All right. Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.